Thanks for downloading this episode of the Simcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching for the Simcast wherever they get their podcasts. The Simcast on RS1. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to The Simcast, your weekly source for occasional sim racing news. It is episode eight. Hold on, of... hold on, hold on. You need to start that over again because you didn't add in the general tomfoolery also. Well, why do I need to add him whenever you're just going to interrupt me and include this? It's because you didn't do your job. I had to cut uh, March in there. We do occasionally talk about sim racing news, but it's mostly general tomfoolery. There we this go. Is... This is episode 8 of our 2024 season. I am your usual U.S. host, Ben Williams. Joining me, as you've already heard, is Mr. Louis Satterley. Hello! Hello. And we actually also have a special guest this week. Yes, a good friend of mine. He's also an avid listener of the show. And as far as I know, he's the only person that I physically know that owns Moses stuff, so he can give a better review than the quick blast I gave a couple weeks ago. Uh, But... Welcome to the show, Stephen Hudak. Also, anybody who has uh, Xbox and has experience over there, you might know him as XPR Roadrunner over there on the Torah side. So welcome to the show, Steve. Thank you very much for having me. And we also have international flair with Steve being here because he is Canadian as well. So Yes, sir. (laughs) The U.S. show has gone international. Just was... A reminder, you can follow us on social media at the Simcast Radio using the hashtag SimcastRSL to tell us what you're thinking about the show. And of course, myself, Lewis, Matt, Stephen, Taylor, who unfortunately could not join us this week, are all members of the Maple Leaf Motorsports Listeners Collective. Um, Steve, are you a member of the collective? Yes, sir. Okay, so he's also... We're keeping it in the family. We're good. We'll keep it in the family. Yep. Um, a couple of reminders from last week that Matt asked me to pass along to everyone. Um, Pure Sims in the UK will be have hosting a um, open house at their Haverhill showroom um, this coming Saturday, March 2nd, starting at 9 a.m. Um, they'll have products from Asetech, Hulkensfeld, Simicube, Cube Controls, Gomez Sim Industries, and many more on display. Uh, there will be a 10% discount for purchases made at the store, um, excluding motion systems and bundles during Saturday and Sunday as well. Um, Matt also asked you to remind everyone about Patona. I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm guessing um, it's close to potato Nah. Pot- Po- yeah, potato. Potatoes. Potatoes. Uh, yeah. Potato. What a pun. Something off the sides. Um, Spud Tona. Lo- Spud Tona. There you go. Lawrence, and I'm, I am apologize for getting this wrong now. Dusoa. I'm not great with Irish names. Um, has that gotten, looks like Dusoswa, maybe. Dusoswa? The Sosa, yeah. the Sosa, I think this is the Sosa. See, anyway. this is why this is why we need um uh, Jordan in here to be able to <laughs> do the dictionary spelling out for us for yeah. people's last names. Yeah, I I do normally try to like find 
a piece of media where someone has said it and I was just not able to find it. So my apologies. Um, Lawrence has gotten several of Sim Racing's most popular content creators and equipment manufacturers to come together for a special event. The prize pool for this event is stated to be around 35,000 euros. Um, wow. For, yeah, Lawrence's Potato Nation community run 10 hours of Daytona uh, featuring GTPs and GT3, uh, which will also feature weather changes for the first time. Mm. Uh, this race will be on March 9th. Um, some of the prizes include IMB Racewear Gloves, GSI X29 Steering Wheels, a full Acetech Sim Sports La Prima Bundles, and so much more. The wow. entry list for this race is full, but you can still donate at Lawrence's GoFundMe page to help him fund some of the IRL drivers that he sponsors. And by doing so, you'll be entered into the prize drawings. Again, that date of that is March 9th. So, Lewis and Stephen, take it away talking about Moza. Okay, so, like I mentioned earlier on, uh, Steve uses Moza wheels. Actually, you, if I'm not mistaken, you jumped in whenever they had the big sale that was going on. Yeah, I got the all everything from them on the Black Friday sale. Right. So, first of all, that makes it awesome. But um, yeah, my experience in that very quick review that I get at the end of the show a couple weeks ago was literally just a quick that because it that's literally all I got to do on the wheel and it wasn't set up for personal sim racing I should say it was made for the masses to be able to basically jump in a car and run around it track like it's an arcade racer so you have experience with this cuz you set it up to your preferences you got a close in-depth look of all this equipment that Moza does so Give me your review of everything that you've liked or don't like about Moza right now. That way people can get a good understanding of what's going on. So I guess I'll start with kind of where I what I had before. So before I upgraded and went crazy, um, even though what I have is, I would say, a medium, you know, setup. As, no, not super crazy expensive, but not like, you know, entry level stuff either. But I had a Thrustmaster TX wheel. With the Ferrari rim, Ferrari uh, F1 Formula rim, and uh, that's that, very much the setup I currently have. <laughs> yeah, and and I had a GT Omega wheel stand, uh, and uh, there were some things that uh, you know I thought that was fine. And then I actually had a friend of mine; uh, he had a full blown like SimuCube setup, and feeling that direct uh, direct drive wheel feedback was like otherworldly and i was like i can't go back to belt drive you know type wheels so i at that point i started looking at um uh fanatec stuff actually and i i was thinking about getting some fanatec stuff but then i was uh someone uh another friend of mine suggested i look at moza and i was like oh this is this is really good like they they have you know basically equivalent stuff to what uh, Fanatec had at the time, um, but for very, you know, ever so slightly uh, less less expensive. Um, so I thought, you know what, I'll give these guys a go. And then uh, before I actually bought everything, um, I uh, watch a lot of uh, Jimmy Broadbent on uh, YouTube, and he has been sponsored by Moza for the last 
year, year and a half, something like that. Um, and he's been, you know, very happy with all of it. So I was like, if it's good for Jimmy, it's good for me. So uh, I went on the Black Friday sale and I bought myself a uh, R12 base. So that's a 12 Newton meter torque output. Um, I bought the FSR formula wheel. I bought the uh, uh, CRP pedals, the, the better ones. And uh, on top of that, I also bought the ES uh, standalone, just the round wheel, in case I wanted to do something, you know, drift or rally or whatever that, you know, it didn't make sense to have a formula <laughs> rim to do all that kind of stuff. Uh, so over Christmas, I put it all together with my brand new aluminum extruded uh, sim racing cockpit and started tweaking with it. I left the uh, the brake pedal assembly kind of as it was out of the box. So when you get the CRP pedals, um, it comes with uh, a couple of different sets of springs. So you get uh, like a medium, a soft, and a hard. Um, and they give you or it's assembled with the medium set uh, out of the box. And so I tried that for a couple of weeks and I was still feeling a little uh, inconsistent on the brakes. And I was like, man, if this was just a little bit harder. And so then I said, you know what? I have the harder ones. Let's just go ahead and swap those out. So to do that, was was actually... do that? Uh, so funny story about that. So, uh, so I, I've already told you the story, Liz, but I'll, I'll, I'll say it again for, for Ben and, the, and uh, all our audience. Um, so to take the, the spring out, it's actually really easy. It's just one bolt on the, uh, the lever part of the pedal. And uh, you just unscrew uh, this one little retainer um, and put the, or take the old spring off, put the new spring in, basically tighten everything back up together. Easy peasy. What I also did was it comes with uh, various hardness of uh, bump stops, which rests right up on the back of the load sensor. And I changed that one for the hard one. And oh my goodness, was that really difficult to uh, to install. Um, what I actually had to do was uh, I had to uh, enlist the help of my wife to, to help. I basically had to deform the bump stop enough to get the bolt holes aligned uh so that i could feed the bolts back in to uh put the load cell in place but i couldn't do it with just forcing it together with my hands and trying to screw the thing in so what i ended up having to do was um uh get my wife to screw the bolts in whilst i was standing on it so imagine imagine you know you're in a car and you're standing on the uh, the firewall of a vehicle trying to <laughs> try to get this one or two bolts in so once once we got the first one in it was easy after that uh so then i just you know finished it off but it's been excellent ever since like my braking performance has been much much improved um and a lot more consistent um and as far as the wheel, so as I mentioned, I have the R12, so that's the middle middle road. So I think Moza has all the way from an R3, so three Newton meter, uh, all the way up to I think 20, is it 21 or 25? Uh, I think it's 25. I think it's 25. Yeah. 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 And so um, nope, I thought 21. It is 21. Oh, 21. Okay. So uh, it's it's Black actually Jack. written really good. Once I got uh, some like. Uh, game specific tweaks out of the way so like for example in uh, R-Factor 2 there's like a force sensitivity 
setting, but it could be positive 100 or negative 100. And it's like, it depends on the wheel. I'm like, okay, I'll figure out which one it is, I guess. And so I left it at positive 100, and it was hellly just ridiculous. And so then um, I changed it to negative 100, and it was all square and awesome. Uh, iRacing, it's the same thing. So you set your uh, force feedback peak, which I'm assuming you set it to whatever your wheel is rated for. Uh, but then in the black box controls, uh, you can then set it a little lower, or a little higher, based on whatever. And reading up on uh, the general consensus that you usually leave it for uh, about half half strength of whatever your wheel is. So for me, it was 12 newton meters uh, peak torque. So I set it down to like six, seven, something like that. Uh, and it's been it's been excellent. The force feedback is um, is. Uh, very detailed, going over rumble strips and stuff, you definitely feel it, hitting those big sausage curbs, it jerks the wheel over <laughs> like it would in real life. Um, and overall, I think... operating the way that it should, effectively. Yeah. Yes. Um, there were a little, a couple of interesting things, I would say, with the FSR formula wheel, specifically. Um, so, it comes with a bunch of LED buttons um, and dashboard screens. And there are supposedly uh, quick, uh, like a combination of button presses that you do on the wheel to be able to hot change the dashboard settings uh, or uh, to change the colors of the LEDs for each of the buttons. And it has the instruction manual that tells you what to do. And it didn't quite match. So I guess at some point they, they did a software update, but then didn't update the manual that it comes, that it comes with. So that was about the only uh, annoying thing, I suppose you could say. But honestly, like it's been really, really good. I, I, I'm honestly looking at getting a couple of more uh, Moza-related uh, stuff. So right now I have uh, an old Frostmaster uh, combination sequential shifter and H-pattern shifter, but I'm actually thinking about getting the Moza H-pattern shifter. Just because it's uh, a little bit more robust and a little bit more... It's very... Like, the Thrustmaster H pattern shifter that I have is very easy to shift into 7th gear when your car doesn't have a 7th gear. Uh, So... Can't uh, confirm. This is why I purchased Blackout plates for mine. Oh! Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the Moza one, it's... uh, To get into 7th and reverse, I think you actually have to push down on the on the stick first mm-hmm. and then move it over. So it's uh, a little bit dummy proof there. Well, yeah, actually. Oh, well, we got you here actually. Cause we can go into this cause you're the only one that we know that can make a direct comparison on this. If you look at how m- these items are built. So let's say the steering wheel itself with the materials that is used, how would you compare it to what Thrustmaster does? Is it um, better so... on par not quite as good. What, so what my, would you say? So my only experience that I have with the Thrustmaster is like the I would say the more entry level stuff. Like they've come out with a new uh, direct drive wheel and whatnot now. And the, as yeah. far as I can tell on the website, the quality looks far better from the uh, old Formula wheel that I had with my Thrustmaster TX wheel. But with the Moza, like it's like on the FSR wheel, it's all aluminum. I think I, I think it's technically a carbon fiber faceplate. 
but the body itself is is aluminum so it actually has some heft to it each of the buttons are really nice to press um the dial encoders are they got nice hefty feel like click to them um and uh the the paddles on the back are awesome like I, i'm actually holding my regular right now and you can probably hear each of the the clicks yeah yep oh, yep so it's funny my wife can hear uh when i'm sim racing all the way from the basement when she's upstairs because uh it's the the clicks are so loud it does come mm-hmm. with uh rubber uh, uh dampers or whatever but i haven't bothered putting them on yet i was gonna say they're they're quite loud new wheels are because the sf 1000 wheels quite loud and sounds like you're hitting a hammer yeah. onto a metal surface yeah for instance yeah I don't know if yeah, that I came across. Reach, but... That came through. Yeah, <laughs> I can't reach mine right now. But um, so yeah, the... whenever you're going and you got to go downshift rapidly through the gearbox, you just hear. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah. And the, uh... I have the new Thrustmaster GT3 wheel, and it's Ooh. almost as loud as the SF1000, but it's not quite as loud. Yeah, I'm actually kind of curious to because I haven't looked, and Steve just inspired me to look now. If there's any. Silence or rubber dampers I can put on the back of this thing to potentially. Not that I remember. I don't remember either. But now that I'm looking at it, I don't think there's really space for that to go there. So yeah. probably not. If I don't end up using my rubber ones, I can just mail them to you. Eh, don't bother. Because, <laughs> like I said, by the looks of it, it doesn't look like there's space back there. But that's an interesting idea. I never thought that a company would do something like that. But clearly, they've thought of that. So. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, just these from new the steering outside, wheels are great, but they're much more noisy. Yeah, just Actually, from an outside perspective, if I had to go to a, a new, like down a different path of wheel manufacturers, I think I would go down the Moza. Oh, one hundred percent. Me too. <laughs> yeah, just because Fanatec has had so many issues with both quality and as well as just being able to have their products readily available and to be shipped in a timely manner. Yeah, fantastic yeah. customer support isn't the greatest either. Yeah. But and everything I've heard about Moza has been positive. I've yet to hear anyone complain about their experience using one. Yeah, and as far as like a customer service thing, so when I ordered it on um, uh, Black Friday sale, you got to imagine the sheer amount of orders, and I think it was like depending on what what you were looking at, I think the discount was like five to ten percent mm-hmm. on uh, on Black Friday. And so that's like last week in November. I ended up getting everything. Uh, I think everything got shipped within a couple of weeks. So I think so. It came just before Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to me. Brand new house, brand new sim racing setup. It was a wonderful time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I I've seen your uh, little play den that you got down there inside of the the basement you got and. It's a nice, quiet little area. Lewis, yeah. that's, it's called a man cave. It's not called a play den. Actually, if you look at it, it's definitely a den size. Um, <laughs> <laughs> literally, it's say. it's a door, and just to the right of said door is his setup. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, I was going to throw this in, a broom in the, closet. I'll throw this in the general chat real quick if I can do this real quick. Anyways, so yeah. needless to say, anybody who's on the fence about getting Moza or not, hopefully 
you just gave them a heck of a sales pitch and mm-hmm. they're they're going to jump the gun on that or not jump the gun but jump for that yeah. because uh it it, it makes I, me want to get rid of all my stuff and go get Moza now yeah <laughs> i i i think when and i can't even afford what it. i currently have starts to die off which i hope does not happen for a little while because you know i just got but a part the, of you does <laughs> i just got the um t a18 DD, and I don't really want to spend that kind of money again, unless I'm upgrading my PC, which I do need to do, undoubtedly, yeah. because I, I don't think my processor. Gonna... Yeah, I I don't think my processor is going to be able to handle iRacing rain all too well. When I built my new PC again over Christmas, I I I, I did go quite ham this holiday season. You um, did. <laughs> um. Uh. Uh, I had the rain in mind, actually, so uh, I've mm-hmm. built my PC. I would I assume it would be fairly stout for, for the new season coming yeah. up. I'm waiting yeah. to try it out. It'll be fun. Yeah. Anyway, something that I appreciate appreciate about the Moser products is that they have a very unique style that's all their own that kind of goes across all of their products. Meanwhile, on the Thrustmaster, and it's so tied to Ferrari that if you want certain types of wheels you kind of have to deal with staring at a prancing horse the entire time which yeah, yeah. i know doesn't bother most people it shouldn't bother me and yet it kind of does in some weird ways just because i am not a massive ferrari fan yeah but uh, kind of same season on mine because the the sf1000 wheel that i got the nice little ferrari emblem that's on that little knob there yeah, I got me a big old piece of black vinyl and blacked that out right there for me. So that way... <laughs> yeah, I needed to do that. Yeah. I, I didn't think have... about putting no. Momo stickers on mine. Go ahead, Steve. Sorry. Oh, oh no, I was going to ask Lewis. Like, does that have all the, the dials and, and stuff? Uh, that are actually, they work? Yep, every single one of them. Oh, nice. Good. All mm. except for the top three, which are controls for the screen itself. But uh... otherwise, all the other encoders you can use in Sim. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I had the Ferrari F1 wheel add-on, which is very misleading when you look at a very tiny picture. You think, oh, man, yeah. look at all those dials. And you get it, and it's like, oh, man. Oh, only one of these work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have that wheel somewhere, and the only reason why I replaced it, actually, because I got that style of wheel for comfort, which everybody who listens to this show knows me on that one. But uh, it started to blister right where, I guess... Uh, the ball of your hand is right where your pointer goes into your palm, mm-hmm. right where that meets the wheel. It started to blister. Yeah. Or not blister, but actually separate from the material it was adhered to. So you mm-hmm. got a nice air pocket in there. So anytime you mm-hmm. turn a wheel, you got to like an internal tap, tap, tap that you felt. Yeah. This is why I tend to wear gloves whenever I'm sim racing. Now I'm here. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, thanks Morad. <laughs> yes. Uh, not, show, not, a, not a shameless plug there, and uh, yeah, uh, we're open for sponsorship opportunities. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, no, no shame here. Just no saying. shame here. Nope. <laughs> Daniel's a nice guy. I met him in uh, at the track once. He's an awesome guy to talk to. Yeah. Every time I go to meet him, he's either off somewhere else or uh, he's just not there because the car that he was racing decided not to show up. Yeah, I think he was an instructor when a buddy of mine was getting his uh, Canadian national license. Uh, up at Calabogie. Mm-hmm. That's got to be a fun word yeah. to say all the time. I've gotten Calabogie. the opportunity to talk uh, yeah. to Morad on two occasions at Watkins Glen in the past two years. So 
I'm going to try also again this evening. Yeah. Also having him the show last year was a lot of fun. Oh, that was a great show. Yeah. Anyway, um, so since we're talking about Moza, let's kind of transition into uh, one of the first bit of sim racing news of this week. Moza's, <laughs> for lack of a better term, truck wheel uh, is now available to the public. This is something that they teased back at Gamescom 2023. Um, it is officially available that you can now purchase for $299 and or pounds or 329 euros that we are looking at a 400 millimeter which is about 15 inches meal made to look and operate like what we would find in a real world 18 wheeler or if you're from across the pond a lorry um, in total it has 14 buttons that you can customize the backlight with with RGBG lights because we're in 2024 and that's what you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, the buttons also have very obvious truck markings as opposed to the more sim racing ones that you would expect to see on Moses other products. Um, there are also two thumb wheels and two D-pad, D-pad, excuse me, slash joysticks um, that kind of operate as both in that case um the wheel also has a led rev counter which i don't remember seeing many of those in semi trucks but hey there you go Um, it's new (laughs) yeah (laughs) maybe this is a way to start the trucking industry with a new option Um, well well, funny enough actually i think this would well actually in this case the rev thing wouldn't really work because uh it's the same driving position that you would use for a World of Outlaws sprint car. Hmm. Yeah, I think not necessarily World of Outlaws, but sprint car in general. I think you could probably change it in the uh, Moses like uh, in-house software, the pit 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 garage software, pit house. Excuse me, pit house software, um, where you can change the color of those, and I think you can also change the brightness too. So if you were just completely just turned off from having those on a truck, uh, I think you can (laughs) turn it. Uh, turn the brightness down low enough that mm-hmm. you might not notice. Yeah. Um, the wheel itself is fully compatible with Moza's entire range if you have the universal hub kit. There's also, and this is my favorite feature of this thing, a dedicated truck mount that you can also purchase for oh, either, yeah. <laughs> um, 39 pounds, 55 euros, or $49 which literally moves the wheel from your typical sim racing mounting position for like a car and turns it so that you can have it at either a zero degree or a 75 degree rotation. I I just love the fact that Moza has gone full commit to the bit on this rim. Oh, Uh, yeah. Speaking of full commit on this pressure, Thrustmaster did something similar if I'm remembering correctly, but it wasn't quite to this degree. No, definitely not. And speaking of to this degree, this wonderful press release that you got us looking at, all the wonderful pictures and how this is set up on Moza, that very first image, that dude's got that rig going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So to, to, to paint this picture for everybody, he's got the Moza wheel set up at 75 degrees, obviously, not at zero. Uh, to his left, he's got two touchpad screens that are his various switches, caters, and such. 
And to the right, he has a gear shift lever, a handbrake, some other sort form of brake. I'm not entirely sure what it is, but yeah, it looks great. Yeah. Yeah, and also in these pictures you can see and I I have I spent like thirty minutes going through the Moses site trying to find details about these, but I wasn't able to find them. Um, there is another part of this hub, and I'm going to call it hub because I'm not sure what else to call it, that has three wheel stocks on it. Um, so you have like your turning signal lever, your light lever, um, your like um, into turning signals, like let's say like your wiper use. I had not been able to find any information about those. And they're clearly right. a Moza product because there's a Moza logo on it. It might be sure one enough, of those there things is. that they're looking at it uh, for a release a little bit later because I don't see it on their accessories. Uh, yeah, yeah. Section and of this is a either. steering column edition, by the way, folks. I think that was the term you were looking for: steering column. Steering column, wheel stock, whatever you want to call them. Three on the tree, but that's not, that's not quite right. Um, yeah. That kind of similar position. Again, I love that most is just committed fully to the bit. Yeah. Yep. They went big and they mm-hmm. didn't go home. Yeah. And this is trucking sim is popular, but it's not so popular that other wheel manufacturers have done this. But I think most is going to start a trend here with this just because if you're a primarily trucking sim person, this is going to be a must buy for you, in my opinion. Agreed. Now you just need to get one of those grip balls that you can attach to the wheel so that you can spin it with one hand. <laughs> so, so funny enough, uh, just in passing, going through like TikTok and other various videos on Facebook and stuff like that, um, mm-hmm. there is a streamer that does American Truck Simulator, and mm-hmm. he has the whole get up going. He's managed to screw on one of those knobs to be able to turn his wheel like that. And he's got to have somewhere around like a 900 degree range rim for him to do this. But also he has a little CB radio that he uses as his microphone that nice. hangs above his head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. And he, Fully commits the bit. I love yeah, it. And actually, if you look at it just to the right, because it's as if you look through the uh, windshield, He's got a pair mm-hmm. of hanging dice right just <laughs> off to the left. If you're looking at it, left, but his right of the screen, it's brilliant. I can't not remember the guy's name, but if I ever find it again, I'll have to share it with everyone. Yeah. But yeah, fully committed, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, as I said, this wheel is now available. Um, Moza has advertised that shipping will begin March 9th. So, that's only a week away. Technically, today's show should have aired during March, but because it's the leap year, it's March 29th, so uh, expect... It's February 29th, not March 29th. Thank Don't you. Don't scare me like that. <laughs> it is February 29th. Um, so we all know ex- it's March, we know it, but still. <laughs> expect the rim to be shipping in only a couple weeks. So, moving right along, uh, Louis, you have had an opportunity to get hands-on with Lamont's Ultimate. Yes. What are your thoughts? Um, so I'll preface it with this. Right now, if I were to give it a score, it would be a good solid 
six and a half to seven right now with what we've been giving. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, it does have its bugs and such. It's very much so a polished up R Factor 2, I would say, when it comes to mm-hmm. physics and uh, visuals. For instance, uh, if you go to Sebring on R Factor 2, all the individual corners, they're kind of dark or what have you. But as you go around the circuit on Le Mans Ultimate, they had the floodlights that light up every corner. And it's literally just a fade into it and then it fades back out. So basically, effectively, like you're driving underneath the streetlight, you see the reflection ahead of you and then it goes by. So visually, I would say this is absolutely stunning. Physics-wise, it feels good. Um, there are quirks when it comes to the actual play itself. Mm-hmm. For instance, I did a 48-minute sim race, or a simulated race that lasted 48 minutes. I was a GTE car. I had Hypercar and LMP2 out there with me. Um, being at the actual races for both IMSA and WEC at Sebring, whenever I did this race, in real life, they la- start lapping cars anywhere between five to eight laps, mm-hmm. depending on how fast the GT car is or what have you. It took them until 10 minutes left in my race for them to pass me. Oh. So there's some work to oh. do there. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I've messed with the settings on the aggression, which is another thing that they've taken from R-Factor 2 to where if you scale up the aggression, that makes the AI more likely to do that last-minute dive bomb pass and commit to doing a pass, mm-hmm. not so much a, it's like, oh, I'm going to pass you, now. I'm going to back out of it and make you run wide and you question until I'm there, until the exit of the corner, then I'll finally pass you. Instead, they just fully commit. So, um, I scaled that up, it improved it, but it wasn't anywhere near perfect on that aspect. So, instead yeah. of doing, or t- until the last 10 minutes before I finally get lapped, it went up to about 18 to 20 minutes. So I could play with it a little bit more, but at that point, the AI physically may get so aggressive that it could just drop kick me coming out of the pit lane while I'm <laughs> at full speed going by it. So um, that's a negative thing to do. And um, obviously some menu interactions that certain things people are doing is causing crashes, which actually they've addressed with hot fix- fixes, which, by the way, I'm loving how they've been doing the hot fixes because they're fully committed to this. Yeah. Um, I just had the tab pulled up. Let me see if I could find that. I've got it pulled up here. Yeah. So look at the dates of how fast the hot fixes have come out. There was three days in a row where they did quick hot fixes. The 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. And I want to say the 28th was the most recent one. Mm-hmm. That's today, yeah. Yeah, I just pulled it up and wow, I got better memory than I thought. Look at that. Um, but literally, <laughs> anytime an issue's been reported within 24 hours, it seems like that's been addressed. So it certainly um, makes. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead with what you're saying. Oh, I was gonna say like that's like for something that's like you know supposed to be like a live service game. Uh, you'd love to see that that they they're able to fix things really quickly. Mm-hmm. Kind of have which yes. gives you a little bit more hope for the longevity of the game. Yeah, and if they're doing it the way I'm thinking of it, because I saw their roadmap on their official website on how they plan on releasing features and how they're doing 
all the hot fixes. So basically, they're doing a feature at a time until they iron out all the individual things. Then they'll release a new fe- feature and iron out all the things. So for instance, right now, really there's not a... smart. Yeah, it's not... There's The only mode that you have offline is single race. There's no mm-hmm. championship mode. There's no career, um, no custom seasons or anything like that. So it's literally just pick your track, pick your car, choose what cars you want in it via class, and go race. That's how it is at the moment. Which, like you said, Ben, I think this is actually kind of a brilliant way to do it because we've read the features on it to where there's an online co-op mode to where I can drive two hours of a stint, be done with it, pass it off to, say, you, Ben. Mm -hmm. You go do two hours, and then you pass it off to Steven. He does his two hours, and he passes it back off to me. Right now, that feature doesn't exist in the game, but it is coming. Yeah, coming, TM. Yeah. (laughs) Hashtag sometime. Yeah. So, but everything they're doing with this seems to be smart, which I don't expect anything less from Studio 397, not the other company whose name is not going to be mentioned, which, by the way, Motorsport Games logo, not a single one in there. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen one. Which we've mentioned this on the show before. It's an interesting. Maybe yeah. they're trying just because of the, all the negative press that is associated with that company, uh-huh. particularly from BTCC and IndyCar fans and NASCAR mm-hmm. fans. Maybe they are trying to move away from it so that it doesn't affect the sales of Le Mans Ultimate, which I. I, I hmm. Just want to remind everyone: this is still, you know, early access. So it's really smart that they're doing this one feature at a time thing because that's what you're supposed to do in early access: is that everyone is pretty much a beta tester and you update your game based on the feedback from the community. And mm-hmm. it also, <laughs> as a Forza player, it annoys me that Wimont's Ultimate is able to update their game faster than Forza is. Well, you and. Think- Go ahead, Liz. I was going to say, from what I read on the press release with how their schedule is, is that they literally go off of direct feedback from Twitter, anything that they get tagged with on social media, and there's another way that they were saying it, but I can't remember offhand. I think it was direct message to them on their Discord. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. what it was. Anything on... Basically, any way that they can find out about this information, they literally have a team that is scanning for everything and researching everything that everybody says and mm-hmm. go out and fix it. I wonder as if they po- found... As opposed to a certain Turn 10, who seems to... If, if, uh, what? To be sort fair to Turn yeah. 10, they have been doing better with their suggestion hub on their forums, but they're, that's the only place they're seen to be looking is their forums. Yeah. Anyway, we could we could bash turn ten all day on a, yeah. another show. What were you saying, yeah. Steve? Oh uh, no, I was gonna say I wonder if they uh, did a in the most recent patch if they fixed that problem that uh, Broadbent had where he uh, hit the outside wall at Tet Rouge so hard he broke the game. Every other car decided that they were just gonna plow full throttle, no turning in into uh, the next corner. <laughs> you... I'm not seeing that. Yeah, I was going to say Hotfix 4 doesn't have that. You guys don't know what I'm talking about. There, oh, right? yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I do. I, we, I... we have definitely seen that clip. I reshared it from the SimCast account a couple days ago. So I laughed yeah. so hard. Oh. 
seeing the full video even made it even better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just the bewildered look on Broadbent's face. It's yeah, like, that was classic. How have I done this? <laughs> <laughs> I broke it in a way that's not supposed to be broken. Yeah. So, Lewis, uh, we do need to move on because we only got 20 more minutes left in tonight's program. Already? Wow. Yeah. So that, that's pretty much all um, I had to say about it anyway. Um, yeah. So with well, that information, take it out, you will. Yeah, here's my last question, though. It is available for early access for, what, $30 right now? 30 bucks, yeah. Yeah. Is it worth that $30? In your my opinion? personal opinion, at this very moment, no. With the status of the game is and what is currently available, no. Um, maybe when they release the next feature that they'll start ironing the kinks out of, then I would say perhaps go ahead. But right now at $30 with the state that it's in now, I would say it's not worth it. But if you're like another friend of mine who actually likes seeing how games develop and you want to see how that works, 100% jump in and go for the ride. Because it is exciting and it is fun to see that in particular develop. But uh, if you just want it to be a replacement sim, right now is not the time for it. I would say, I would say, save your money, hold off, wait a little bit until either you hear from me on this show about what's new and what's happening, or you hear from other friends and draw your own opinion. Yeah, I think that's probably the fairest that we can be at this time. So, yeah, thanks, thanks for that, Louis. Yeah. See, so, see, um, I know I rant and rave about R Factor too, but I will be fair <laughs> and honest about them. <laughs> so, a um, couple more bits of sim racing news. Um, EAF, hmm, EA Sports you, you F1 weren't off. 20... <laughs> what? You weren't off with that statement, EAF. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, F1 2024 has an official release date. I know that Matt and Steven and Adam talked about how there was a leak to saying what it was going to be. Now it's official, um, announced earlier this week as in tuesday um what we can we don't know much uh we do know that may 28th is the pre-order date for the champions edition um which you can pre-order now Uh, players who own f1 2021 f1 22 f1 23 all three of those can expect a 15 percent discount when they go to buy f124 champions edition and if you pre-order now, McLaren, Williams, Alpine, and Haas 2024 schemes, as well as two eSport liveries from McLaren Shadow and Alpine eSports, will be available in F123's time trial mode if you pre-order by April 24th. Also, as part of this pre-order, the two eSport liveries will also be available in F124. The full release will be on May 31st. It will be available on PC, PlayStation, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X slash S, as well as PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Um, EA has been very upfront that we will get a full reveal in April, and the only two pieces of information that they've kind of made available is that there will be a more authentic, a more authentic handling model with EA Sports's dynamic handling and a, quote, all-new driver career mode with new gameplay rooted in the sport. Oh, cannot wait for that. 
Yeah, and that's all that's available. It's Sounds literally fun. all the information that we have right now. Something that I very much expect from both EA and F1. And I could sit here and make jokes about how um, there's a, a new mode in the gameplay that lets you gatekeep who can actually be allowed into the series, but I'm not going to do that. Um Oh. However, if there is some way where you can mod a Andretti Cadillac team into F124, will someone please let me know? Because I would be interested in doing that. I was going to say, there was a way that you could do that with your own team creation on a couple... Actually, it was, was the going... last iteration of the game before EA took over. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember you having a Porsche-branded team at one point. That you no, I had a Jaguar-branded with... team. Oh, yeah. I didn't do Porsche. I did Jaguar. Okay. Yeah, it was all painted up like the old metallic green and HSBC's livery. It it looked good on what was then the current car. But mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. So do we with that information in mind, do you think we'll have another um Oh, I had the name for it and then it left my head. The story mode that the F one games have had. Uh huh. Do you think be a new we'll edition of that, you think? Yeah. Um, I kind of hope not, because the story mode on that, the, at least the way it was executed, was terrible. Breaking point. Thank you. And yeah, that's what it was. Mind. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah given uh, that we had a break so between F-121 and F-123, maybe we'll have another break in F-124. But, as I said, that's all the information we have right now, so... Um, for those who want to spend $60 or more on the same game again, there you go. Or less, depending if you have the uh, 21, 22, and 23. Depending if you've made other poor decisions in the past. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the spiciest takes here on the SimCast. Ben in there with a body slam on EA. That was great. Uh, it, Usual listeners to the show will know that we did not shy away from taking body shots on EA just because of personal experiences with EA. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I, I'm not going to get on that soapbox again. But yeah, let's you, not. We you, only... did, you did a decent thing by slamming them pretty good right there. Yeah. I could go on too, but we only have 15 minutes left. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Gran Turismo 7 will have an update coming up later this week with three new cars. The oh, I did see common, that, yeah. Yeah, the common guesses right now, it's going to be the Renault 4, the an Audi TT, and the Mitsubishi Lancer Evo 9. So I'm hearing either 9 or 8, and because the silhouette of both the 9 and 8 are so close that a lot of people can't figure out which one it is just yet. Well, according From to what GT I'm Planet, if you... Oh, did they finally release the full list? They have not. Um, at least... Let me check to make sure that they haven't since we started recording. They have not. Um, if you look frame by frame, whatever they're going, like the silhouette mm-hmm. shot um, that they sh- that Kaz showed off on his Twitter, mm-hmm. you can just barely see that there's a license plate that kind of sort of has a 9 on it. So ah. That's what people are expecting. Ah, okay. Yeah, because the first... The first teaser that they showed, and this is before there was any blow-up of it, the press release I saw, which was not on GT Planet, just had the cluster of three of them on there. 
-hmm. And of course, you couldn't zoom in quite enough on that because somebody hadn't obviously cropped the pictures and blown them up. So, yeah, that that's where the speculation from the eight came from. But if you're able to see a nine, then yeah, I I'll take that and run with it all day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Renault Four would be a new to Gran Turismo. The TT and the Evo Nine are both be returning from GT Six. So, well, wonderful. Yes. Unfortunately, that's all the information that we have, and probably by the time that people are hearing this, the update will be out. So, um, if you are listening to this live, and you enjoy Gran Turismo 7, there's an update. Go get it. (laughs) I will be on there in the morning. Yes. Moving right along, um, for those who care about Ren Sport and winning things... There is a more so the winning year, things. Yes, there is a leap year hot lap challenge going on this week. All you need to do is take part in one of their official leap year hot lap races to be entered for, for a chance to win a VRS Direct Force Pro Formula wheel. There is a whole list of qualifiers that you must make eligibility. You must be um, legal resident of a UK country, the UK, the United States, or Canada. If you're not in any of those, I'm sorry. Um, and a couple other things. Uh, but primarily is that if you do take part in the race, you have to finish the race. DNSs and DNFs do not count. This is competition will run until March 4th and will end on that date at 0001 one Central Europe time. And I actually did not take the time to uh, to translate that to American, so um, Google is your friend. Use it. Sorry. By the way, if anybody at Rensport is listening, change that cursor on your website. It's flipping weird. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, last couple minutes of tonight's program, let's talk about iRacing, because... Okay. What's an episode of the same cast if we don't talk about iRacing at least once? Um, well, some episodes was, we have is nothing but iRacing. Yeah, the, this is true. Announced earlier this week, iRacing and World Sports Consulting, which is the, I guess, company that owns the licenses to the TCR series. Yeah, they're the sanctioning body, effectively. Sanctioning body, thank you. Um, I wasn't sure if they were a sanctioning body or if it was... Like they were an FIA affiliate or something along those lines. Um, no, they're the but, ones that basically came up with the rules and regulations and the platform of TCR. So yeah, it's kind of like yeah. SRO is to GT3. Yeah, thank you. Yes, I learn new things every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, World Sports Consulting or WSC and iRacing have agreed to a long-term partnership, which basically adds TCR as an official series to iRacing. Um, nice. the, the existing TCRs that are in iRacing, iRacing right now, the two Hyundais, the Audi, and the Honda, will all have more TCR branded added to them in the coming weeks. There will also be a standalone TCR series that kind of rebrands the current one that's there. I don't remember what it's called right now. I think it's just the Touring Car challenge or something along those lines yeah turing guard challenge yeah mm-hmm. um i was like to say been... come on alpha and yeah, the there hasn't... pilot cup series 
Yeah, well, I'll put a pin on that because I, I do want to talk about that for a second. Okay. Um, and iRacing has also said that any future TCR cars to join iRacing will carry the TCR branding as well. So please, Alpha, the little Alpha that could. I love that car. Yeah. Um, I, serious, every though, IMSA race I go to and I see it, I, I scream my head off of that little thing. <laughs> Is yes. it wrong that I kind of want the Lincoln Co.? I was going to say, the ones I expect are the Lincoln Co., the Volkswagen, um, probably... The Audi uh, GTI, sh- or not Audi, uh, Volkswagen GTI should be in there, too. Yeah, Volkswagen, Lincoln Co. <sighs> uh, Seat's got one, too. Yeah, oh, yeah, the do. Cooper. Yeah. yeah, probably the Cooper, but we'll see what happens. We we already know that iRacing is planning on expanding their GT field pretty rapidly, so... I'm assuming TCR will probably be one that happens next, since they have complete access to those cars with this partnership by the looks of things. Yeah. Fingers um, crossed. Yeah. Steve, I, you mentioned Michelin Pilot Challenge. I'm not sure what iRacing's doing with that series, just because it's went from like a normal series to it only happens once every two weeks. Mm-hmm. And it's could read the, the disappointment the, in his voice on that one, could you? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it like follows the IMSA calendar, but it doesn't. But it does. Yeah, I wonder and, how much IMSA because they have the IMSA license. iRacing does. I mean, uh, yeah. and in real world, IMSA is the one that has the TCR license, so that they could host their own standalone TCR event under the IMSA sanctioning body. So mm-hmm. I wonder how much that played into it. I'm not sure. It could have also been that it just wasn't popular enough for it to run as a continuous series. Or um, they brought in the VTP Challenge. VP Challenge? Yeah, yeah. the VP Fuels Challenge with yeah. the LMP3 yeah. and GT4. Yeah, yeah. when yeah. they brought that in, it didn't make sense to have two IMSA weekly... Well, three IMSA weekly series if we're going to count the... Um, the full like GTP LMP2 GT3 series on the calendar all at the same time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to being there being more touring cars on iRacing. Touring cars is widely popular, so it makes sense that iRacing goes in this direction. And it's a great step in the racing ladder as well. A couple other things from iRacing. We've gotten first looks at the SRX car, which the joke has already been made that this is technically legacy because the SRX series has been halted, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still really looking forward to this car just because having something that you can use on asphalt and dirt is really interesting to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the car sounds great as well. Um, so very much looking forward to that. We also got eyes on the the dirt micro car, which the micro sprint, yeah, the micro sprint car. Which, if you watch the video, it has a note in there that placeholder sounds were in use for this video. I love the fact that they use the same sound from I think it's the iRacing One. Oh, I'm not sure. Just because it's. <laughs> It's very high pitch and it's very whiny. Yeah, because these things are actually powered by, well, actually, depending on the class, it could be anywhere from a 600cc motorcycle engine to a 1000. 
So, okay. so basically the super bike engines that you see out there on all the sport bikes on the road and stuff like the that. The so, iRacing one is the 600cc. Yeah, so, so, and by the looks of it, you got the choice of either non-wing or wing, so there you yep. go. Um, yep. Yeah, so anybody who doesn't know or is too familiar with this doesn't know what a micro sprint is, but you know what a midget is. It is smaller than a midget. <laughs> so it's what a... you're saying is I could not fit in this car. Oh, you could. You could. It's a Are dirt over sure? go-kart. Yeah, effectively. Um, the roll cages I... on these things are incredibly weird because there's obviously a safety cell that size that they have to adhere to, but everything else around it's been shrunk, so it just looks mm-hmm. like a weird bubble in the middle if you look at yeah. it. I if it is the safety cell about the same size as like a three fifty sprint car? Yeah, the same size as a sprint car on a midget, yeah. Okay. I don't think I would fit in one of those, let alone Well, you say that, micro. but there is a very heavy set guy that races in the World of Outlaws sprint car series named Bill Rose. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure if he could fit in one, I I think you're good, man. Is he as tall as I am though? Oh dude, it don't matter. They got uh, <laughs> The seating position in these things is like driving a bus, like I said earlier. Yeah, I, I don't think there's enough room for my legs. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. Ah, well, then you'll just have just to tuck because, them up near the steering wheel a little bit more. Yeah, I, I, I will look like I'm sitting in one of those kindergarten chairs in a sprint car. You'll be able to see <laughs> my knees from the outside. <laughs> I went visual. That would be entertaining to see. I'm yeah. not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, iRacing also tweeted out right before we started a clip of the new rain sound. And oh, it's just so oh, good. Oh, I need to hear this. I need to hear this. It, it sounds so good. It makes me feel things. One <laughs> <laughs> of my. Um, you know, they just need to take the dude on the radio off of there. And literally, that just sounds like you're sitting on your back patio and you're hearing rain. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I love the fact that they included the the spotter. It doesn't look like the rain's or no sign this rain is stopping sound on top yeah. of it just because it's funny to me. Um, but people are going to create other... lobbies just to hear the rain sound and just <laughs> meditate. As one of my other sim racing buddies said, I already have enough problem trying to not use the restroom while I'm racing. This is just going to make it worse. Well, you know what's going to be even more entertaining is watching how Jordan races. Because <laughs> he sends a car full send at least once every day. Mm-hmm. Imagine him in the wet. <laughs> his, number, his percentage is going to go up significantly. Mm-hmm. Yes. <sighs> Actually, I don't know if he still kills cars anymore. Oh, it's Jordan. <laughs> okay. If, if there's if there's a way to roll a car, Jordan will find it. <laughs> it's one of his superpowers. Love you, Jordan. Anyway, um, that does. Bring I don't think us... he has any shame on that either. <laughs> that does bring us to the end of this week's episode of the Simcast. Stephen Lewis, any final thoughts or words of wisdom for this our listeners? Uh, hashtag eat more tacos. And if I'm not mistaken, we're followed by the Aussies tonight, aren't we? We should be followed by the Aussies tonight. Yeah. So stay tuned and listen to uh, Richard Crail and Gang as they give you some Australian racing news. Yes. Yeah, speaking of Australian racing news, I finally did the Bathurst 12 on iRacing. Oh. That was entertaining, and I was sore for two days afterwards. I, I believe bet. it. I had my 
force feedback turned up way too high. But now I know. Steve, any final thoughts? Uh, I mean, if you guys are looking for uh, for Moza stuff, I definitely recommend it. Um, otherwise, uh, thank you for having me on. It's been been a pleasure. Yes. Um, anywhere on the internet that people can follow you if they want to follow your journey? Uh, I'm not really big on social media, but if mm-hmm. they uh, felt like it, uh, I am at Stephen Hudak on uh, X slash Twitter and Instagram. All right. Well, for all of us here at the SimCast, stay safe out there and have a good week. And bye for now. Hashtag eat more tacos. This program is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, subscribe to the SimCast wherever you get your podcasts.